0: This is WCNY's The Capital Press Room, and we're highlighting some of the concerns of New York City transit system users with Lisa Daglian, Executive Director of the Permanent Citizens Advisory Committee to the MTA. Thanks for joining us, Lisa.
1: Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here today.
0: Well, I want to start by talking about discounted Metro North and Long Island railroad trips for both seniors and New Yorkers with disabilities, which are subject to restrictions that your group feels are unconscionable. What are the eligibility criteria that you have a problem with?
1: If you're a senior, you know, 65 or older, as is the governor, uh, or if you are eligible for a disabled or Medicare discount on the Metro North of Long Island Railroad, you cannot use that discount in the morning peak on either of the railroads. It's an old legacy holdover from the time when everybody traveled at the same time in the morning commute. It doesn't happen anymore. You know, the afternoon uh, commute is, is uh spread out over a number of different hours the midday time frame of travel is whenever people are able to but the morning commute is something that has really changed for so many people and what we are really focusing on is affordability accessibility equity in the transit system across the entire system we want people to be able to get to work to be able to get to job training to be able to get to medical appointments. Sometimes you need to do that before 10 a.m.
0: Well, how significant is this discount?
1: It's 50%. So that it can be significant. If you have a Long Island Railroad or Metro North trip that could be $25 each way, That's that, that takes a big chunk out of your budget. That may not allow you to work three or four days a week. That may mean that you're going in on a very limited basis, or you can only work on a couple of days or after going in after peak. Not every employer is happy to do that.
0: If the discount was applied across all rides and there was no longer the requirement of paying a full fare for that morning peak ride, a time of the day that doesn't necessarily exist the way it might have pre-pandemic, what would the additional cost to the MTA be uh, to offer that discount?
1: So that's something that we've been trying to, uh, it's a figure that we've been trying to get for some time, but looking at the ridership numbers, uh, it does not appear to be that big a number. So it doesn't look like it's a high dollar amount, but it would change the lives of a number of people. And if we can, get more people in seats. If we can increase ridership, increase affordability, accessibility, and help improve people's lives by putting into place a discount that really should have just been there from the very beginning, then that is kind of worth the price of admission. I will say that So, the federal government requires that there be an off-peak period that people are allowed to use those discounts in. And the MTA has been paying for the evening peak for for a number of years. And it's just as I said, because in the past, historically, people there was a cluster of people who always traveled in the morning peak, but that has changed and now it's time to look at this anew and afresh in our new normal and make a difference in people's
0: lives. Well, given the new travel habits of transit users more broadly and and how you've talked about how we no longer live in a nine-to-five world. Is the lack of a discount that big of a deal? I know you mentioned that it's a 50% discount that people aren't able to take advantage of, but are older New Yorkers and New Yorkers with disabilities that disadvantaged? Is this a time period that they necessarily want to travel? And if they do, say once or twice a month, say, is it that big of a deal for them to absorb the extra cost?
1: I think just as we don't have the same commute patterns, so too don't we have older people and people with disabilities should stay home patterns, right? We don't consider somebody who is older or who has a disability ineligible for the workforce, or somebody who should go to live their fullest life whenever they want to. It is a big deal to a lot of people who we've spoken with. In fact, Pretty much everyone I talk to about this says, oh, either my my parents or my grandparents or my aunt or my friend has this problem, and they have to either wait until after the morning rush, or they have to suck it up and pay double the amount, and it becomes prohibitive. I've spoken to a friend who pays $25 each way to get to work, and that's a lot of money.
0: So, what about discounted fares more broadly? Anything you want to see the MTA do to make rides more affordable for low income New Yorkers in particular?
1: Sure, absolutely. So, one of the themes that we've heard recurringly this year in the budget through the legislature is the need to improve New Yorkers' affordability, how to, how to make things more affordable, how to make things more accessible to your average person. And the fares on the railroads can be high, and we think, particularly in New York City, that there's an opportunity to reduce those fares for people who can least afford them. There are two different options. So city ticket is a fair opportunity on Long Island Railroad Metro North within New York City that has been expanded citywide, and we think that's terrific, 24-7. And it's the first time that that's been available it's seven dollars peak and it's five dollars off peak currently but there's no weekly ticket so that means you have to buy your ticket each day you can't plan for the week you can't say i have this much money in my travel allowance and i'm going to buy my pass for the week so Allowing people to buy a weekly, which with transfers to subways and buses with unlimited transfers, would give people an ability to budget, give people the ability to travel at a reasonable cost, and would increase ridership and fill seats because we know that the railroads have capacity. So that would be a city ticket weekly. We think that there is an opportunity to fund that if there is any reluctance to do so out of the outer borough Transit account which is money that is funded through congestion pricing fees that are paid for through four higher vehicle surcharges that's been in effect since 2019. And we know that there's money in the budget that has been coming in for that. Unfortunately, some of it's been, the majority of it at this point has been geared towards toll reductions, which is not the original intent of it. So that's one great opportunity to instate us a weekly city ticket. Another one, is a Fair Fares expansion to the commuter rails. Fair Fares is a city run and funded program that allows people who are making 120% of the federal poverty level to apply for a 50% discounted subway bu- or bus, metro card or Omnicard. It's not available on the commuter rails at this point. Unfortunately, it's undersubscribed for a variety of reasons, including the fact that 120% of the federal poverty level is so low that the working poor can't take advantage of it to the extent that they should. It should be 200% of the federal poverty level. And it's not really, the awareness of the program isn't really sufficient. But it's higher than it was, it was 100% of the federal poverty level. So it's getting there. Every drop in the bucket, is a drop that will help to fill the bucket. Expanding that to Metro North and the Long Island Railroad means that people who are living in communities that might be subway deserts, who see the railroads run through their yards but can't afford it, would have an access to opportunity through the railroads. We think that the city, which has $95 million baselined in their budget, is really in a good position to help fund that, since it is currently undersubscribed. So those are just three really good, simple, low-hanging fruit opportunities that would provide people with the ability to travel in a a much easier way, a much more affordable way, and a more equitable way throughout the city.
0: The conversation about uh, the commuter rails and specifically the population served by Metro North Uh, north of, say, Westchester County makes me think of some of the concerns that we've heard from politicians that serve, say, Rockland County and Orange County uh, about the services that they receive and their ability to get into New York City, especially at a time when congestion pricing is going to be rolled out. Do you think that should be a focus of any ridership accessibility issues in in terms of addressing what those passengers are are paying and uh, the services that they have access to
1: so anybody who's taken a west of hudson ride knows that there is a lot of improvement that can be made to that in fact the chair of our metro north railroad commuter council is a, is a west of hudson rider and we're hyper focused on the need to improve that service the need to improve access for west of hudson riders uh, and the needs for some significant investment in some projects that will allow for a one-seat ride into into Penn Station, um, which is coming. But, you know, my my kids might be my age by the time that happens. <laughs> but, um, you know, improvements are being made east of Hudson and making the connections east of Hudson to from Rockland to come east of Hudson to White Plains and Tarrytown will be very helpful. Um, but so will investments in there's hundreds of million dollars of dollars in the current mta capital plan that will help riders west of hudson but it's still not enough so more needs to be done uh, the focus needs to continue that's a long-standing issue that isn't going to be solved in one conversation because it hasn't yet but it continues to need to be a focal point for riders for rider representatives and it also is another reason why it makes sense for wider representatives to have a voting seat on the MTA board.
0: Well, lastly, in terms of the decision-making process at the MTA, you're backing changes to the voting membership of the authorities board. What do you want to see and why?
1: I'm glad you asked. So PCAC was created in 1981 by the state legislature as a result of the fiscal crisis of the 70s to provide a voice to riders and for riders to be able to provide recommendations to the MTA, first on the capital program, then on the operating budget. In addition to our three councils, New York City Transit Riders Council, Long Island Railroad Commuter Council, Metro North Railroad Commuter Council, we have three non-voting seats on the MTA board. In fact, the longest-serving MTA board member is currently the chair of the New York City Transit Riders Council so these representatives who sit on the board have a voice but not a vote they're also the only members of the MTA board who are required to ride transit and to represent the the, the systems that they that they uh, serve and the riders that, who ride those systems Senator Genarddis and assembly member Denowitz have put forth legislation that would allow for these three, non-voting members to become voting members, in addition to a fourth new member who would be recommended by the Mayor's Office of Disabilities, with input from the disability community, provide an independent voice for a disability advocate. So it wouldn't change the fact that it will still be the governor's MTA. It won't change the voting structure, voting blocks of the governor and the mayor, but it would add a new dynamic of the, of the right of representatives being able to not just vote, but chair committees to make motions to fulfill a quorum. In fact, this week we saw on at the MTA committee meetings on Monday that there weren't enough people, enough voting members to conduct the MTA's business, board's business. So for a variety of reasons, uh, we think that this is the year that it's time to really show that the right of representatives should be given the opportunity to vote and to, um, to, to have all of the responsibilities and the abilities that their colleagues have.
0: Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but we've been speaking with Lisa Daglian. She is the executive director of the Permanent Citizens Advisory Committee to the MTA. Lisa, thank you so much for making the time and sharing your opinions with us.
1: Thank you so much. It's been great. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State Union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.